0: Hello and welcome to the events podcast where we help you build your events empire by building profitable events while having fun at the same time. So we've had a bit of a break over the summer, really since the start of the year, you know, I was really busy with my company Apps events during the pandemic. Uh, I talked about that on the last call with James, you know, we we transitioned to doing a lot of work for Google, running a lot of online events, doing different stuff. Um, So I was just really busy, but I've really missed doing the events podcast and we're still getting great views we're actually a top 10% of all podcasts in the world still which is amazing as it's a very niche thing but I want to say a couple of things firstly if you enjoyed the podcast please get in touch with me like uh, most people don't give me any feedback and, and getting feedback really encourages me to make more episodes just email me at dan at abs d-a-n at even better if you can give us a review uh, anywhere you listen to the podcast, please stop right now in iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you are. And please leave us a review, if possible, five stars, across It would be great. Back to the podcast. So we, we really focus on helping event entrepreneurs run amazing events. And that could be people who run events companies. But also just as many people, maybe more, are entrepreneurs who just run events as part of their business. You know, they might run events to promote something else. They might run meetups. They might run one big conference a year. This is the kind of people I want to help, you know, because I, I run events myself. So, you know, this podcast is kind of like therapy for me, where I get help and assistance on how to run the events. So please, again, leave some feedback. Uh, and secondly, obviously, there's a lot of costs associated with this podcast. I've got two people who help me out with editing and graphics and everything else. So, if you're a sponsor, possibly you're a software company who um, sells to the event industry, then and you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, like I said, it's a top 10% podcast, please get in touch. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. DanAppsEvents.com, and it, it'd be great to talk. So, thank you very much. Uh, and now, on to the interview. Hi, and welcome to the events podcast um today uh, we're recording this on the, the 19th of august i'm delighted to have jim sermark on the podcast jim runs a website called trade show university or trade show U. I want to find a bit about what that is um and we're going to talk this is a bit different i guess we're going to talk a bit about you know exhibiting and from the other side of things because obviously we always talk about running events making money from events this is something from the other side you might want to be an exhibitor and actually it's interesting for me because i'm going to Be exhibiting at a few events so I can ask a few live questions. So, uh, Jim, welcome to the podcast.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dan. Uh, Really, really pleased to to be here today.
0: Do you want to give us a quick rundown of your background? I've I've had a quick look at your website. Uh, I know you're in Ohio. What's your background work wise and and how did you end up running this business? Sure, sure. Well, I I started,
1: I have a degree in marketing, which I got uh, back in the the late 80s. (laughs) So, a long time ago. And I, been in marketing my entire career and a big part of being in the marketing, at least in the US, I've always been on the uh, business to business side of things. So always been with with manufacturers, distributors, companies like that, that are selling to other businesses and industry trade shows was always a huge part of what we did every year. And I came to absolutely fall in love with industry trade shows and the energy around them and the possibilities of meeting prospects and learning more about the industry, learning more about our competitors who are also being there. And so over the years, I came to do a lot of trial and error and see what worked better from, as an exhibitor standpoint, from, uh, from our, our business, how do we get the most out of these shows? Yeah. And that is, uh, over the years, uh, I just wanted to share this information started a podcast back in 2019 uh, called Trade Show University, where I'm just sharing tips for exhibitors and show planners and sponsors, anyone who wants to be involved and get better results. And the thing that I know about show planners that I've dealt with a a lot of over the years is that if they have, if they can provide better value to their exhibitors, to the companies that are sponsoring the event, that are exhibiting at the event, then those companies are going to be happier, and they're going to want to buy bigger sponsorships next year and they're going to want to buy bigger booths next year and they're going to want to invest more into that show next year so the show will continue to thrive and grow if the if the at the base level their sponsors are happy their exhibitors are happy and they're they're happier when they're getting better results uh, from these shows so that's why I do it
0: so you charge a fee to the exhibitors to help them optimize their experience is that what you do
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So I coach them, work with them to come come up with a custom plan for each show that they go to, so that they're they're really connecting with their audience.
0: Interesting. So I mean, I've been to a lot of, um, you know, sometimes they're called exhibitions, trade shows. Yeah. So my company we're we're a Google partner. We work with schools, and there's a few big education ones. There's one called SD in the US. There's one called BET -T T in the UK, and a few others around the world. And I've been involved on the Google stand. I've been involved uh, on some other things. But I'm actually thinking to, to, to do a, a stand myself, You know, a, a cheap one to promote our company. And it's interesting when you talk to these trade show operators because, first of all, it's really annoying, especially the American ones. Because it's like, <laughs> you know, they're like unionized venues and like you've uh, got to pay so much to plug in a plug yeah. and you got to do this, you got to have insurance. And it's just like, and, and they're kind of... I think they're a bit sneaky. They don't sort of tell you. You've got to really say, you know, okay, what else, what else, what else, and to get all the costs. And um, it's a lot of money, you no? Know? And, and, that, and that's why, like, you have to, to put some thought into it because even, even for me, okay, nothing, nothing compared to what your people are spending, but the events I'm looking at for the smallest booth, it's going to be, say, three or $4,000 maybe. That will be kind of the cheapest of, of anything I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So then I need to, you need to make at least that, obviously, plus flights and there's been a couple of you. Right, so, right. I mean, I guess the first step is, is this event, if it goes to plan, is it going to give me an ROI? That I think you've got to, I guess that's the step before you go, isn't it? Evaluating if it's worth to go.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's hard for a lot of businesses to try and figure out what is going to be our ROI. Uh, you can't just look at, you know, what is the attendance of the show? You know, cause Oh, there's, Oh, there's going to be 10,000 people at this show, but Who's going to be in your target audience at this show? Is this really a good show for you? Not just looking at how many people are going to be there, but, you know, uh, for like for you, how many schools, how many universities are going to be at that show where you're going to have your possible... ideal target audience that are going to be walking in front of you or is it just a huge show that uh, you might have have a couple sprinkled in there so but yeah the ROI is definitely you know you've got to make sure because it's a huge investment like you said you not only have the you know three four thousand dollars for your booth or whatever that cost is but now you've got flights you've got meals you've got hotels you've got transportation getting your booth to and from the show if you've got the display pieces that you have to ship printing up literature designing graphics all of the and then all of a sudden the, all uh, on top of that your time the time of your staff being at the show you're taking them out of their their day job all that has to be factored in to make sure that this is going to be a a really really worthwhile investment for you and your your business sure
0: so what's the um i mean do you have any idea like what what percentage of vendors you know go back the next year like do you have any idea because it does it vary a huge amount on the the industry and stuff i mean the most do you think most find it a success and want to do it again or the most not or is it all over the place
1: i think that uh, the main factor that the companies use on whether or not to go back the next year Unfortunately, and, and this is just my experience and I, I may not be dealing with the right, uh, right businesses, yeah, but yeah. I think the, I think majority of businesses, when they make that decision, should we go back next year is almost like, well, we've got to go back next year because our competitors are there and it would look bad if we're not there no. versus was this really truly a successful show for us? No. I've, I've been in industries where companies go back to the same shows year after year after year, they lose money year after year after year at these shows but they feel like they can't not be there because yeah. oh my competitors are going to be there if we don't show up oh it's going to look so bad for us which is in my in my opinion that's just really really bad logic yeah. <laughs> that is not the way to choose a show as to uh you know just because we're going to look bad if we're not there
0: so if i want to i want to exhibit i mean we're, we're working with schools doing google consulting and training mm-hmm. and different things like that um, what, what should I think about? Like, what, 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 like, do you want to start from the beginning? Like, what, what are the things I should think about before the show, preparation, drawing, et cetera?
1: Absolutely. So, before the show, you've, like you already said, you, can, you have to research that show. You have to research the show. How many people are going to be, you know, coming to that show? Or what are they expecting? Obviously, all the, all the data that we had pre pandemic may be different now. Yeah. And, and, and I would say anyone who's got a show planned, through the rest of 21 and maybe the first half of 2022, hopefully things will start to normalize as, as we move forward and there's going to be more companies that are, that are more comfortable coming to shows because of safety protocols, because things are going to you know, be improving throughout the world. But uh, assume over the next 12 months that things are going to be light. You know, at at a show that the attendance is just not going to be what it was. Maybe fifty percent, maybe even less than that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's less. To be honest, no one, knows. oh yeah, Especially a lot of you don't ones... know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Bet, the one, the big, the big education trade show. The thing is, you can just you can just turn up on the day. So no, they have no idea how many people are going to come, even on the day. Of, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. On the show. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing.
1: Yeah, we're we're seeing uh, depending on the shows. Uh, some shows have ten percent. Uh, of pre pre pre-show registration for attendees where they might have a a full show of exhibitors and sponsors, but, it doesn't matter if the, the attendees don't show up. Yeah. So, so the it, it could be anywhere ten percent, fifty percent. If you get above fifty percent, I think that is a huge bonus. But what one thing I think that we're seeing is that COVID. If we really peel it back, and and I was t- talking with a colleague of mine, she brought this up. She said, "I think COVID is really pre-selecting our attendees." And in a, in a positive way for the companies that are attending uh, for exhibitors and for sponsors, because instead of a company, maybe in the past, we sent four or five people to attend the show and attend the workshops and, and go through the expo hall and all that good stuff. This year, we're sending one person. And that person is going to be our main decision maker. So from, from an exhibitor standpoint, that is ideal because I know the person walking in front of me is more likely to be that ideal key decision maker that I need to talk to yeah and yeah, so yeah. uh, versus their staff that might just be there to grab some free pens and but they're they're, they're attending a uh, they're attending a workshop they're attending a seminar or they're there to see the keynote speaker or be be in some meetings versus yeah. actually making the the decision making or trying to find that next new vendor. That uh, that they're there at the show, which is you. No. So so for yeah, you know, COVID is is pre-selecting. So I think having having that plan ahead of time is is so critical. So going back to, to the original question of uh, what do you do is really research the show, talk with the show organizers about who's going to be there, understand that audience what have they been through and uh, if you feel you know in in your in your world the show the uh, schools universities a lot of them didn't were not in person last year so what does that mean for them and what are they doing this year how are they going to be preparing for this year different than they were for last year uh, are they looking for more digital tools are they were looking for more physical books or or tools resources to use in for in-person classes uh, versus remote learning uh, just understanding your audience, what have they, what have they gone through, and what will they be going through over the next year, that how you can best uh, best be prepared for them and uh, best serve them? Right. So so really, understand, understand the audience, understand the show. From there, what you have to think about your company and what is it that would be the ideal takeaway for you? So when you have that interaction with with an attendee at your booth, What would be the absolute best case scenario for to to happen? Would that be scheduling a follow-up appointment? Would that be scheduling a demo? Would that be making a sale? Depending on your industry, you might make a sale right there at the show. So what is the ideal thing? And then plan for that. Plan for that. And then work backwards to say, how do I get somebody to actually purchase at the show? What is the likelihood or or how do I get them to, to schedule that demo versus... What a lot of, and so that's setting the right metric. and the right metric is I want yeah. this many qualified leads, this many appointments, this many demos, versus a lot of companies will go and they'll scan a badge, or they'll they'll have a fishbowl filled with business cards. And then they spend so much time on the back end with, unproductive follow-up time because they they're just following up on a business card or a badge scan of that person who is not qualified who is not interested but you just happen to scan their badge because they were in your booth Uh so it's, it's figure out that right metric so then you can plan to get that metric yeah yeah and then uh, and then it's and then it's really setting the right goals to meet those metrics and making sure that every single person that is going to be working your booth, whether you're working it by yourself or you have a team of people, every single person is focused on the goals and they all have a role to play because yeah. there's going to be some people that are that are introverts or people pers- those are the people you want at the front engaging people yep. there's other people there's other people that uh are not intro they're 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 extreme introverts and it's very uncomfortable for them we'll have those people in the background and they're the ones going to be answering the questions they're going to be giving the demos but they're not making that initial con- contact because if it was up to them you wouldn't talk to anybody the entire time you're nope. at the show so uh it's having uh, you know the right staffing having each person know what their role is going to be and then obviously there's going to be a lot of uh, marketing uh in, in advance. And for a company like yours, where you might have a small booth, and Google might have their huge, you know, 40 by 40 booth, it's two stories high, they've got their staff of 50 people there, they've got the lights and all the excitement. How do you as a little 10 by 10 booth or a single table? How do you stand out? How do you get the uh, get the attention of the the person who's there to see Google but really needs to see you because you have a more targeted solution for their company and we'll be able to to get to that solution a lot quicker based on uh, on who you are so it's it's understanding using the the tools available to you at the at the show the use the sights the sounds all the senses to get the attention, when you're in that sea of all these little tiny booths, you know there's only a few of those huge booths, yeah. and then there's there's eighty percent of the booths are these little tiny booths. How do you stand out? And so, and what, and I,
0: what are the keys and <clears throat> how you stand out in terms of I don't know, you know, what, what, what tips on what kind of signs to use, what kind of theme to use? Like, should you try to be different? Like, what what kind of concrete things should I be thinking about in terms of design? How to do the booth? <laughs>
1: Great question. Great question. I would say, first of all, is understanding who you are as a company and how are you different from others in your space? How are you different? What solution can you bring that no one else can? What can you say, whether that's your experience, whether that is a specific product or service that you provide? And then shout that difference so that when people are going by and they're people don't stop, stop at every single booth and find out what you do. They are going to be looking at your graphics. Like you said, you, you look at the design. So shout that out. So people, as they're looking, they're not just saying another, you know, the, you may be one of, you know, a handful of Google education providers at that show. Yeah. Uh, and so how are you different from everybody else so that when they go by, they're like, oh. Okay, they're and they're they're drawn in just by your graphics, by your messaging. And how can you how are you really going to target them and reach them so that they do want to stop? So that would, that would be the one thing. Second is like I said, I would use some uh, the senses. Amongst all of the uh, the small booths, very few use a lighting, lighting effectively. So use different kinds of lighting in your booth so that you kind of pop out, you stand out. Right. That's a good point. Another thing would be uh, smells. You know, if you want to incorporate smells, whether that is fresh pe- fresh pop popcorn or fresh baked cookies, or have a barista there at your booth uh, brewing coffee, those smells just draw people in. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. No, no, Karen,
1: Karen. No, I was to say uh, uh, sounds. So if you have a have a spinning prize wheel, the clacking of that spinning prize wheel, or if you have a product that you are that you were demonstrating that actually makes some sort of a sound uh, that might draw people in as well, or even even some music that, to go along with a the theme. You mentioned a the theme. So having a, having a fun theme can be effective if it goes along with your company. It's not completely uh, away from your company, but you can make it fun. I, I was at a show about a year, uh, two years ago, <laughs> it wasn't last year, it was two years ago, where they had a, it was a consulting company, but they did a A rock star theme so they everyone was dressed uh in rock star you know gear they had guitars all over the all over the booth they their giveaways were little guitar pins and they made it fun so they had music playing uh much to the detriment i think of some of the other booths around them (laughs) but but that's the but that's the whole point is you know find out you know if you and if you're concerned about yikes am i am i going to offend the other booths around just check with the, the the people at the show and say hey here's what i'm planning is is, is this going to violate anything are we going to get in trouble when we get there because the last thing you want is to have this huge plan and then the show shut you down because oh. they don't want you to uh, have the big blow up uh uh thing at your booth because it, it violates the height restrictions or oh. that the, or the sound restrictions and things like that so so get get unique get fun use the senses especially if you're a small booth it's really really about, important
0: i'm just trying to think logistics. i actually want to do quite a few not just trade shows but some of these smaller education conferences where you just normally mm-hmm. have a table so i'm sure. looking at something i can you know reuse and, and i can just take around by myself as well you know i mean i always think roll-up banners look a bit crappy i, I used to use them i know mm-hmm. we, i've seen quite a lot now you have these kind of the curved frames or you, you can put your signs in like fabric and it, and it stretches around i mean and uh, you know obviously yeah. we're probably gonna have a tv with, with some touchscreen thing i mean do, do you think do you, what do you think for signs and, and props like you know there seems like there's a lot of solutions that you can carry if, you, if you're like me a solo person mm-hmm. a, or maybe somebody else from my company but there'll be one or two people maximum at any of these events um you know how any tips concrete tips on what what things to use what signs what you know what your podium you know is that better than a desk like what kind of things would you recommend
1: I would say if anything you can do to be not behind a table yeah. is a great thing. So if you, you have, have a
0: podium actually in the yeah. podium you get, you get a sign that fits inside it and you can carry it as like a wheel a wheel box I don't, I don't know if you've seen those yeah seen those and then
1: and then your yeah your carrying case turns into your podium. Yeah. Which which is those are brilliant. I love those. Love those. So that is a small thing that that uh acts very effectively as that demonstration table or that discussion table. When you have someone in front of you, at least you have some place where you could set things down. They could set down their bottle of water from where yeah. they're walking around. So it's a, a great thing, but you're not behind a table. You no. You want to try to remove as many barriers between you and the other, the other people. I love the idea of those, those big backdrops. It just has to make sure it's generic enough so that if you, are gonna be changing, adding anything to your business that it's not outdated, because now all of a sudden you have a huge expense in replacing the graphics, uh, things like that. Yeah. Anything that, that might be modular, where you can swap out pieces, parts of your graphics is fantastic. I've seen some some walls that have uh, magnetic signs that you could just pop, pop out graphics in and out. Yeah. So uh, anything though, that whatever you use, make sure that it is, it is eye-catching, that it's clean, people could actually read it i've seen uh, i've seen those kind of graphics where you have just a wall of words it's like reading a <laughs> reading a newspaper uh, on, at a distance and and you can't tell what the person does what the business does and it's yeah, very yeah. very confusing the last thing you want to do is confuse your your attendees as they're walking past your booth. That's not a good marketing tactic. So you, yeah. you want to make sure that they can completely understand what the what you have to offer clearly and why it's important to them. So anything you, you use, kind of
0: high, should you be going for like a, you know the top like anything you write should be up, up as opposed to down, so it's more visible.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you want you don't want anything. <clears throat> excuse me. You want to make sure that whatever is there is actually is is readable, um, because people won't stop to read something that they can't see. They're not going to stop and like look around you just to read the bottom of your of your display. They're just going to skip it. So yeah. make sure whatever is at the top is the most important thing. Yeah. And and I've been I've I was just at a trade show in Dallas, Texas uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there's so many booths that are confusing. That yeah, well, you, read the, yeah, you read the you read the first thing and you're like, I have no idea what you do, and try to avoid any any industry uh, terms, acronyms that people that you know and you're you, maybe your your uh, people in your industry know, but you can't assume that everybody knows what they are. So. No. Don't have people guessing by putting, we ha- we are the biggest in ART or ABC or whatever. And you know what that means. But if someone is brand new to the industry and they're coming to this show to learn and make new connections, you just lost them. Uh, sure. They're going to keep walking. So make sure it's very clear, very understandable and talk in the, the language that everyone can understand. Uh,
0: what about how, how you... Um, should you be getting in touch with everyone before the show? Like somehow getting in touch with people you think are gonna be there or doing promotional and what kinds of things should you do beforehand?
1: Great question. And absolutely, yes. As much, as much pre-marketing or pre-communication, pre-show communication you can do is is only going to help you especially if you have a smaller booth, because you want to get people to your booth. Uh, They're typically not drawn to these small booths. So you've got to get people there. So I would say if you reach out to the show, see if they are offering uh, pre-show email blasts that you can become part of so that you can get your message out in front of all those people that are going to be attending. Uh, If you can get a pre-show mailing list, uh, that you can drop a postcard in the mail. Nothing, nothing's better than getting actual physical mail these days because people don't, you know, businesses don't use them near uh, physical mail near as much. And so you'd be standing out, inviting people to your booth, maybe for a free gift or a free consultation or whatever it is that you want to offer them, to draw them into your booth. But yeah, that that pre-show marketing is so important. I would say look on the the uh, the event website and see who are the other exhibitors, who are the sponsors, and then look uh, and use LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool that most, most people do not use enough of. Look at LinkedIn and start connecting with some of the leaders on LinkedIn. Find out who's coming to the show and make those connections ahead of the show. You could set up a, a quick meeting uh, right there through LinkedIn. I've, I've seen this done very, very effectively. Uh, but, but yes, absolutely. And then use social media use social media, tell people where you're going to be, what show you're going to be at and uh, use that before the show. And even during the show, take a picture of your booth at the show, right before the show starts, uh, get that out into social media. Hey, look for us here. We're in booth 1302 at the uh, ABC expo. And I think uh, that's
0: a phenomenal way to do that. So presuming like, uh, like let's say in my case, the goal is to get leads. You want to get schools who can maybe work. What's the best way to plan your, how you actually physically write down your leads and how you work out what to follow up. Do you recommend you just have a laptop or some, uh, touch screen device where you can put everyone's leads in there and then, or do you write it down and, and make a note afterwards? Like what, what kind of, what works the best in your opinion? especially if you're dealing with a lot of people and you want to keep track of it.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think a great way to do it is is taking advantage of the, the lead retrieval systems that the show sets up, whether it's badge scanners yeah. uh, or, or iPads or something like that, because once you scan that badge, they already have all the information that you need or a lot of the information that you need. The contact information is already there. Yeah. So you don't have to ask somebody, what's your email address? What's your phone number? Or anything like that. You scan the badge and then you can, Get right into asking them questions that are going to qualify them for your business, yeah. and make sure you're doing this because the last thing you want to do is spend a whole lot of time on follow up and finding out that that this contact after contact after contact they're not qualified because yeah. you only deal with this specific type of business of uh, school or or agency, and they are at a different type of school or agency. And oh, uh, awesome. you want to make sure, so you're asking them very pointed questions about what they do, and then also find out, are they the decision maker for your product or service? And if not, who is? Yeah. Uh, and Or are they part of a team that makes the decision on, on which, which curriculum, which materials that you're bringing in for that year? And so make sure you're asking those questions right up front so that you get into really good conversations with people that matter. And if they don't qualify, that's fine. And then just let them go. <laughs> don't don't keep them and, and stay in conversation with them because there's going to be other people that are qualified that are walking right past your booth while you're talking to someone who's not. Yeah, so make okay. sure you're, you're taking good use of your time.
0: What about any tips for how, how to behave on the stand? Obviously, it's the obvious things. You don't want to be eating. You want to be there. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, it's, it's a funny balancing out because like as a tender you can get kind of annoyed at these people that are really pushy and trying to get you in but maybe that works maybe that's better than being a, a sort of you know wallflower and not talking to anyone what like what, what do you think is like what's what, what's the 80 20 rule of what, what's the most effective kind of way to behave on, on the stand
1: Obviously, you want to be approachable. So you want you want to have good presence. You want to look good. Have your team if you know, wearing similar, if not the same uh, type of clothing, same kind of you know polo with a uh, with a logo on on the shirt. So you want to look presentable. You want to look like you fit in the booth, uh, and at the show. Yeah. But uh, from from a behavior standpoint. You, you you hit on a couple of things. Make sure your breath smells good. <laughs> so you want to have some mints with you. Don't be eating. Uh, don't be on your phone. Have your phones put away. Just it's not this is not the time for that. You know, just yeah. have them put away. But as far as being aggressive, I would definitely say you have one chance. You have one chance to possibly make that connection that you will never have a chance again. Because the same people that are there to see Google and the big guys are walking past your booth and you have one opportunity that they would never stop and see you. They would never call you. They would never look for your website. They are going to uh, be there and you have a chance to to get them. So here's my tip. This is the number one thing I think that that companies can do that will make the biggest difference. Come up with one and possibly two questions that will stop someone in their tracks as they're walk, walking past. And something that it's not annoying and you just ask them a question that is going to uh, qualify them. So let me, let me give you an example. I was at a, at a show several years ago and I was walking past a booth and someone, I wasn't even looking at the booth, but someone said, excuse me, do you use PowerPoint in your business? And I stopped and I'm like, yeah, I do. And then they said, do you want to see something cool? I'm like, well, sure, of course. They yeah. had me. Now now I was in their booth watching a demo and I wasn't even looking at their booth. And you know what, if I would have looked and saw PowerPoint training, I would have walked right past. I really didn't have, you know, I know PowerPoint enough to to do what I need to do, but all of a sudden I'm in their booth watching a demo on on PowerPoint. So you have to think about that for your business. What is it that you can ask somebody really quickly that's going to stop them and it can't be, uh, how, yeah, how you doing today? Or how's the show going? <laughs> yep. Or what is, uh, you know, how, how are you enjoying the city that we're in? Or did you like the keynote? No, it's got to be something specific about their business. It's going to stop them, make them think for a second, give give you an answer. Not, not, nothing, nothing, nothing that that makes them uh, give a paragraph. You know, just a yep. quick answer, and then you can hook them and, and qualify them to make sure that you're talking to somebody that is actually going to p- potentially buy what you have to offer. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, that's the tip is, yeah, is, good, and be, and be aggressive too. with and, and, and not mean yeah, yeah. aggressive, but just ask the question to people. And if they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you. Some people are not going to answer you. That's okay. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. That's, that's, that's all really good points. Um, I get, I guess you, I guess you're going to say that two people is much better than one if you, if you can get, if you've got two people.
1: Absolutely. Yes. If you can avoid working by yourself, then yeah. uh, then definitely have a second person there because as you're setting up these, uh, there's a lot to do. You know, getting your literature out, get your table set up, get your backdrop set up, and if all of a sudden something is missing or you realize something's going not going right. And you have, you know, a half hour before the show starts. Now, what do you do? Yeah. You know, at least if you have a second person there, someone can go run an errand, go go uh, pick up something that you forgot at the hotel. You could, you know, whatever that uh, that contingency plan is, you have someone else there to help you with it. Plus, sometimes setting up these backdrops, yeah, they're they're designed for one person to do. But when two people do it, it's way easier and way quicker. Sure. So, uh, so absolutely uh, have two people. And then at your booth during the during the show when you're talking one-on-one with somebody all these other people are going past uh yeah. but if you have two people now you you, you can couple uh, you can cover double the amount of uh, potential people into in your booth
0: sure very interesting what about um if you have a choice of locations is there anything is this too general a question but is there any it should you be near the entrance the exit like i mean in our case clearly you know Close to Google, I um, mean, you know, we actually have our people on the Google stand. Funnily enough, but, you know, it's, although oh, they might not be coming this here to these events, but um, is there is there some good ideas for location, or do you just do you not, or do they not even give you a choice most of these places? How does that work?
1: Oh, they do give you a choice uh, but you're limited to what's available so yeah. and and there's certain shows that they reserve their best premium locations for either the largest booths or uh, they have uh, special uh, member levels and only the members can be in this all the non-members can exhibit but you're outside the main area yeah. so obviously you want where the traffic flow is going to be so you want to be closer to the middle you know middle of the show near the entrances yeah. or maybe where the, uh, the where the food Food vendors are where you know that people are going to be walking uh you want to try to avoid the outside the outskirts of the show the outer edges uh because especially when you get near near the ends of the show that is like ghost town no one no one goes back there but if that's your if you've done your homework and you say we need to be at this show and that's all that you have available then you've got to make it work and then that pre-show marketing is even more important and using the sights and sounds and all that is more important and having more more strategies in place to say when the show is slow, here's what we're gonna be doing to go out and find people or here's here's how we're, we're gonna spend that time going to the other vendors that we've identified that we need to connect with uh, at the show. So we're gonna leave the booth, You know, we'll have we'll leave one person at the booth, but one or two of us are gonna go around, we're gonna do our competitive research, we're gonna go look at our competitors booths, we're gonna snap some pictures, we're gonna grab their literature, we're gonna see uh, some of our vendors, we're gonna connect with customers. Have a strategy for when that show is slow, but uh, yeah. but to answer your question, uh, yeah, and work with the show or the show planners and say where is the the traffic? I'm I'm seeing these booths that are available. Which one do you think would be best? And they'll guide you as to what what is the best available for your your booth
0: size uh, that's still that's still available there at the show. Sure, I mean this is a big big question for me is like um, negotiation because it's interesting. I'm talking to some of these trade shows and they all say this is a price, you know. But I also know people have got discounts and I'm, and I'm guessing obviously, you know, because we, 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 this is a, a, an exploratory thing for us, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing it for the first time. Um, can you, uh, close to the event, like, can, is it, can you get big discounts if they're not sold out? Will, will, they, will they do that or will they just always stick to their price or does it depend on the show? <laughs> and, or, and is it just at the end or can you negotiate early as well? Just generally, like, what's your, what's your experience being across the shows? I think it definitely depends on the show. And yeah. I think if you're just going in
1: and you, you want to get a 10 by 10 booth early on, you're, they're not going to negotiate uh, yeah. on a small booth at a, at a show where they've got plenty of time to sell all their booths. And if they're fairly yeah. confident, they're going to do it. Uh, times like right now where there's a lot of uncertainty in the market and they don't know how many exhibitors are going to get, how many attendees are yeah. going to get, they might be more willing to negotiate. Another thing that that you could do they you might offer hey if i off, if i p- purchase this uh, sponsorship package on top of my booth would i be able to get some sort of a discount yeah they they might be willing if you're looking or if i get the sponsorship package or if i uh invest in the, uh, the pre-show mailing. And I put something in the goodie bag that you give away to everybody. So all of a sudden now they're seeing your investment going up, up, up. They might be willing to, uh, to negotiate with you. And obviously as, uh, like you mentioned, the closer you get to the show, if you see, wow, this show is not sold out or even close to selling out now is a, that's a great time to, uh, to reach out to some saying, Hey, I, I'm, I'd like to be at this show, but I need to get a discount because I can't afford it. And, uh, oh. and they'll work, they'll work with you. A lot of them will anyway.
0: Yeah, so uh, do, do most people you know do they do they pay the full price or do, do, do most of them get discount or, or, or very few get discounts? What's your experience? Uh,
1: again, it depends on the show, but I, I see very few getting discounts. Um, sure. It's it's uh, the show has uh, they have their goals and they set the prices based on hitting their their goals. So every time they give yep. a discount, that's <laughs> that's getting the further away from their goals but they also know that they've got to uh to hit their their main goals they got to sell out so if they're not selling out then they're they're not hitting it so they would rather have a full booth and a full show than uh at at reduced rates than they will uh empty booths empty booths just looks bad it just looks bad so
0: yeah yeah it does it does um what about like um the evening like networking you know obviously you're, you're there for a few days do you focus adviceable to focus on evening things to stay in a hotel on on the venue or close to the venue and meet, meet people afterwards, go to the parties and things? what well, Any tips about that side of things? I would take advantage. you're there for you know
1: one, two, three, five days, whatever the length of the show is. And if it's your target audience, uh, and it's a great show for you, you've determined, take advantage of every networking opportunity that you can yeah. and then get there and network. So don't don't just show up at the cocktail hour and get grab your plate of hors d'oeuvres and grab a beer and stand in the corner uh, yeah. and and hope that someone comes up to you. That doesn't work. Leave, uh, leave some of that stuff, just maybe grab a beer and walk around, skip the food if, if you can, or just grab a quick bite and then uh you leave, leave your mouth open for talking and networking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, get sorry. around and then make those connections. Just walk up to people that you've never met before. I mean, I personally, I am an introvert. It's very uncomfortable for me to meet new people, but I have forced myself in these situations that I just go up to people. And I say, I've, we've never met before. I, I'm Jim Sermack, Tracer University. Yeah. Tell me about uh, your, your company. And I'll, usually they're wa- wearing a name badge and, and I say, tell me about ABC companies. What do you guys do? And yeah. I have made some amazing connections just doing that, just at a networking event or at lunch during the, during the show, you're going to sit at lunch and they have those big round tables. And all of a sudden you're sitting with some strangers and just reaching out instead of just looking at your phone and, and trying to catch up on emails. Take the time you're, you're with people you may, you may find your next big customer, your next great partner can be made from one of those connections.
0: Sure. Do you do you advise people to kind of to stick around until the day after the show or fly out? I mean, obviously, people want to fly out the same day. And I, I, I noticed some shows they have some restrictions. You can't even take down any signs until the end of the end of the day. Is that is that typical in your experience? Or do people normally leave a bit early when it starts getting quiet?
1: Uh, the show show planners do not like when people start the tearing down before they and they they look very negatively. At least in the U.S., they do. Yeah. Uh, they and they they take note that if you start. You know, if the show goes till five p.m. and all of a sudden at, at three thirty you said, "Wow, it's slow," or we've got flights to catch and we're we're tearing down, they they take note of that. And if the show is popular, and they will they will mark that and they say, you yeah, know, next year I'm sorry, you have to wait until, you know, if yeah. we have any booths left, we'll let you know. You yeah. know, so they 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 do not look very positively on that. So and and I think it's a bad look too. I this is a true yeah. story. I had to I was at a, at a show, and it was everyone around us was it was it had been slow for hours and everyone around us was tearing down and i'm like no we're staying up we're staying up and literally within like 10 minutes before the show's about to end someone comes rushing up dragging their suitcase and and huffing and puffing and they came right to our booth they're like oh thank god you're still here our flight was canceled we had to we had to uh, get a rental car and drive for hours, but we needed to see you guys. You were one of uh, a handful of booths we and so i wa- we were like closest to the to the entrance. They came yeah. right over to us and it became a, a good customer yeah. so if we had been if we had already packed up and gone that that opportunity may have just completely disappeared so uh, you never know who's who's coming there at the at the last second, or who's who's uh, you know for whatever reason they're they're still walking around. So it's worth it. It's worth it
0: just to you know stick around for that last hour. Sure. What about follow up? Because um, obviously you want to follow up with people as soon as possible, but also th- there's going to be a million other vendors contacting the same people in one go. So any any tips on how you how you optimize that, how you stand out, etc.
1: Yeah. Great question. I would say first thing to do is uh, make sure that you are categorizing somehow the people that you've talked to or they've stopped by your booth. Maybe if you have a giveaway and you have a, a fishbowl full of uh, business cards, that's fine. But categorize those as those are people that dropped into the fishbowl. If you've yep. had a meaningful conversation that led somewhere that you, that you have at the end of that conversation, you said, you 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 want to set an appointment? They want to set an appointment with you. They're looking forward to talking with you. The follow up to those two groups has got to be different.
0: So you, you can't. You should do that the day like the day of even the, even the day you're at the show. Like I guess straight away. You course.
1: could you could do the day of the show. Uh, and I there's different schools of thought about this. Um, I'm not a big fan of getting emails and social media posts and stuff, uh, direct messages from people that I just met. Uh, an hour earlier, but that's me. Other people yeah. really, really enjoy that. But if you do make that initial contact very, very close, like the same day of the show, I would make that a very cursory. Hey, it was great to meet you today. I am so looking forward to following up. I'll give you a call. Once the dust settles, I'll call you in another week and then and we'll connect. So you can make that that contact and and reinforce to them that same day that you you, you did talk and yeah, and yeah. maybe a little bit of context about hey i'm looking forward to talk with you about abc solution that we bring uh, we were really excited we got a great conversation about that and we'll talk we'll talk in about a week if you want to call me beforehand here's my number otherwise i'll call you in about a week week and a half and then so you could set that expectation and and do that also at the booth yeah. Tell them what is the follow-up going to be at right there before they leave that, hey, yeah. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you in a, in a week, and then we'll talk about this. We can Zoom. Would you like to Zoom? And then get them to, to agree on what the follow-up is going to be so when they leave, they're expecting something. And then, of, so, of course, they're going to have 100 different conversations with different companies, and so you need to remind them. <laughs> about yeah, yeah. about the conversation that you had. But follow up is so important. Be timely. Don't don't let it wait four or five weeks just because oh, I want everyone else's follow up. They're going to forget they're for, they're sure. going to forget. So be as timely as, as you can. Uh, maybe uh, drop a picture of your booth and your picture right in your in your uh, follow up email or a direct message so that they they're quickly reminded. Oh, yeah, I remember talking to him. I remember their booth. Uh, they had the they had the great graphics. They had the lights. They had the spinning wheel. They, you know, whatever it is, th- they're quickly reminded. So that when you have that follow up, it's effective. It's not yeah, just yeah. a okay. Tell me again who you were. I can't remember what company. You know, you yeah. you've got a more effective follow up.
0: Do you, do you recommend to give out swag? Is that a good idea? And and if you do, does it have to be something good? Something they're actually going to want rather than just pens? Or, or do you think it's not always necessary to give out swag? I, I love the
1: idea of of giving stuff out. Uh, obviously, you're getting your name out there. I like things that have purpose or that really tie to your brand. So if you have, uh, you know, for your for your company, you know, what is it that will stay on people's desks? Maybe it's a a, a journal, maybe it's an, a you know blank journal or a notepad or, or something that is goes along with the the essence of learning. Uh, I've had I've seen people give away. Books, actual books, maybe written by someone from their company or something that relates to what they do. Maybe it's a, a book about lifelong learning or or, or always no. continual improvement, things like that. Uh, would would be a really nice thing. Uh, just giving generic things out with your logo, not a bad thing to do. If you're giving out, if you're g- going to give out a pen, if you're going to give out a, an item that's inexpensive, make sure it's quality. Uh, a pen that looks fantastic and, and really cool, if it doesn't work well and doesn't write well, people will just throw it away. So that's no. a waste of money. Uh, and also, if you're going to have some really nice uh, giveaways, don't just put them out for everybody. Save yeah. those behind so you had a great conversation with someone that's leading somewhere. Hey, I've got something for you. Then you pull out the mug. You pull out the, the nice the travel something or whatever uh, that makes an impression. This is not something we're giving to everybody. I'm giving it to you because I am I appreciate you you spent the time here. We we're gonna we're gonna build a relationship here. So be very strategic with using it. Not a not a bad thing to get your name out there. Uh, tote bags are great because people are walking around with them. The all of a sudden your logo is walking around that show with everybody else. But uh, make sure that you're very strategic in what you do.
0: Yeah. Jim, a lot of really, really good points. What well, um I guess in closing, like what what question or questions did I forget to ask you? Like what else? Whatever important things are there to have success at trade shows that I, that I didn't already ask you? Wow, you you asked a lot of great ones. I, I would <laughs> say number
1: one, uh, I think that the best thing that anyone could take away if you're looking to exhibit at a show, a conference, whatever you want to want to call it, if you're there and your your target audience is walking in front of you and you need to know how do I best present. You've got to have those key questions you could ask them
0: Yeah. yeah, because
1: it's the engagement. They might not be looking at your booth as they're walking past. They may have just gotten a text message. They're on the phone. They're not paying attention, but they're walking past your booth one time. You have to assume it's only going to be one time, and you've got to grab their attention. Obviously, if they're on their phone, you're not not going to go out and start asking them questions. You want to be respectful, but there's got to be a way that you need to connect with them. I had uh, someone on my, on my show, one of my very first uh, episodes, within the first handful of episodes, and they talked about uh, the, the video game Tetris. If, if you know the video game Tetris where the different shapes, they fall down from the sky and you have to kind of rearrange them to fit. And they all fill in. They all fill in yeah. to make that, that row. And then once they all fill in and fit in perfectly, what happens? The row disappears. Yeah. So if you think of yourself as a block in Tetris at the show, and you're just fitting and filling in with everybody else, what happens? You disappear. So yeah. you've got to do something that stands out. You got to make sure that they get attention, uh, gra- you got to grab their attention and make that connection. And the best way to do that is human to human and, and really reach out and make that connection with them. Uh, so that that's, that is number one, uh, but we hit a lot today. We had a lot, the, the pre-show, the during the show, the post-show uh how to how to set up your booth we've we've we talked on a lot a lot of great tips today so I, I think you, you hit it all
0: yeah jim <laughs> thanks very much where can people get in touch with you i know you've uh, got your website trade show u.biz is that right
1: Correct. Trade show you. Biz. Uh For anyone who goes there, I've got a free gift for them, which is my top 52 trade show tips. So right there on the homepage, sign up for our email newsletter and you'll get the top 52 trade show tips. My 30 years in the business kind of boiled down to my top 52. I love, uh, love these tips. They're, they're, they're difference makers. And then also the trade show university podcast. We've got over, I think a hundred and as of today, 108 episodes or something like that. And I've got some great guests on as well as me giving a lot of great tips and and you're going to learn, you're going to learn. So Trade Show University, it's available on Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Amazon, all the, uh, all the main podcast platforms. So just look for Trade Show University. Sounds
0: good, Jim. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, Dan. I appreciate the opportunity.